All right, welcome back to Capitalist Anonymous. I'm Spencer Rose. I'm Ashley Chubb, and we're your sponsors here to help you get clean. And we're angry. Oh, wait, what are we angry about this time? Uh, I don't know. I'm always angry about something. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this week I'm I'm worried about, uh, or not worried, I'm angry. Well, I'm worried too. I'm worried about Bernie, and I'm angry about Bernie. I'm not worried about Bernie. Um, this is, we are recording this on Wednesday, October 2nd. Um, I believe we're going to start releasing eps soon, so I feel like we're cleared to get topical. Mm. Um, this morning we found out Bernie was, uh, he had a, a little heart procedure uh, last night. Um, he got a stent in, and honestly, I'm not worried. I'm not um it's like super common for old people. I think like there's no no need to be stressed. Um his word from his team is I mean of course word from his team is going to be that he's doing great, but like mm-hmm. I really think he's doing fine. Um but you know how the media loves to find something wrong with Bernie. That is I guess that's where I'm worried. Oh yeah. I mean that I'm I'm worried from it from a perspective of when Bernie Sanders inevit- inevitably, in my mind, heads to the general election. Yeah. No matter who he's debating, Trump or Pence, because that's a, that's yeah. realistic. Yeah. Um, it's maybe not realistic, well, but yeah. it's certainly on the table. Um, I just think that's going to be a talking point that will be brought up unfairly. It'd be like, ah, oh, you got a stunt in your heart, bah. But it's like, did you eat Big Macs every yeah. day? Yeah. No, Bernie is probably the spryest. 70 something year old or is he 80 something i don't know how old he is but like i think he's still in his 70s he is he is i'd like to hope he's got more energy than i do so bless his soul um i'm not worried i'm just like it's just annoying to watch like joe biden like literally physically crumble before our eyes and nobody's talking about that affecting his electability Mm -hmm. and yet you know bernie having to get one quick procedure that will now you know clear him to work even harder for the rest of the campaign Mm -hmm. that's apparently i just know people are gonna act like that's an issue yeah for sure i mean just judging by when hillary clinton wasn't feeling well or whatever that was uh when she looked like she was being carried into a car yeah and everyone's like she's fucking dead they're weekend at burning hillary and it's like (laughs) what like that's insane um Uh, meanwhile joe biden is literally shooting blood out of his eyes on tv that's ins- I the the Joe Biden thing becomes more puzzling by the day of like why is he considered the lead guy? It's One like, day we're just gonna start seeing his brain like dripping out of his nose, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, that's fine. Look, he's trying to share his brain with us." <laughs> There's a fly in here, which is just perfect. You know that really sets the tone for everything we're doing. Um, just a quick a quick positive Bernie update. Um, the fundraising totals for the last quarter came out, and of course Bernie smoked everyone's asses Hell as he yeah, always he does. Um, let me let me see. A whopping twenty five point three million larger quarter for any Democratic can larger yet yeah, the largest quarter for any Democratic candidate this year. And according to this article, a number that eclipses Senator Elizabeth Warren's entire first and second quarter's total. Well, that's pretty cool. Not to throw shade, but <laughs> yeah, not to, to throw do shade. It. But I mean, but also to do it. That that definitely makes it more realistic. Like, I'm gonna stop using the word realistic, but that puts it into a better view. You have quanti- like finally a quantitative number to say that there's a difference between the candidates. You know, like oh, between yeah. people's support for them, it's not as even as certain polls tend to suggest. Um, something that I found very funny um, that was going around 
the internet earlier today. Um, uh, Nate Silver, he's like some like poll analyst guy. Works 538 for Five Thirty Eight. Yeah. yeah, he is Five Thirty Eight. Yeah, he fucking hates Bernie, and he's an idiot and just like a total centrist, like shitlib. Um, he. <laughs> Somebody pulled up an old tweet of his from like last year saying like the single most accurate predictor of um, a campaign's success is how many individual donors they have. And Bernie smokes everyone in that department. Like, hold on. Yeah. Um, mm-mm, 1.4 million individual donations um, for this quarter. More than anyone. Like Bernie has kind of the – he. He both raises the largest amount and is accepting the smallest amount per donor. Mm-hmm. I think Isn't his it down average, to, it used to be, oh, well, go it's ahead. 17. 17. It's $17 okay. is his average donation. Yeah. Like, so for him to be making more, pulling in more money than any other candidate with lower amounts of money per donor, like he's bringing in an insane number of donations yeah. and like an insane number of individual donors. So like by Nate Silver's own words like he is smoking everybody yeah um but then he released a tweet today that was like oh yeah fundraising doesn't really matter it's all about the polls and it's like you of course of course you're saying that now i I, I mean after uh, 2016 i I don't really believe in in nate silver anymore i don't think you can predict what's going on (laughs) no i mean no one can but like yeah like he had the 2012 election was when he was like spot on or was it 2014 when he called no, oh, I don't remember. It might have been both, but he had one election where he was spot on with everything, and that's where he really became popular. Um, and when I started following him, because originally it was like a politics and sports blog, I think. <laughs> but like, I don't know, it changed once he got that right, and it became like national news of like, this guy predicted the election. But yeah. like, again, after the last major presidential ele- uh, election, major presidential election, meaning all of them, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you can't trust. I don't trust that stuff anymore. Like, I I will never go into an election ever again confident that who I'm voting for is going to win. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I literally only know him as, like, a guy who gets, like, epically owned by, like, leftists online every day. Just gets dunked on, Um, yeah. Yeah, but I just thought that was a little funny that even by the centrist's own esteem, Bernie Sanders is the most electable candidate, baby. Have you ever uh, followed along 538's uh, blog during the uh, Democratic debate? No. Like one of them? Oh, I feel like that would make me want to explode. It's it's kind of funny because it's very casual. You'd expect it to be way more formal and like way more stats based. But like it's basically sometimes it'll devolve into them arguing between each other. Being like, like, at Lori, great point, but you're failing to see this. And then you're just reading like a live comment thread of smart people. Oh, my God. Just arguing online. I um, no, um, the way to do debates is to get drunk get on twitter and just like make just try to turn everything into a meme that's the only way to make a like debates bearable that's how they're bearable that's how i watch them like i always watch them alone in my room probably something else on the tv too like uh like barely paying attention until like topics i care about come up or i can sense a fuck up coming like because you know when they start blabbling a little too much someone's Uh, about to say something really stupid not the last debate but the one before um, when like Cory Booker and Biden were really going at it, I felt like Cory was like five seconds away from like launching a slur at Biden. And I was like, please call him the R word. I'm ready. 
Yeah, um, I mean that's that's why that's we're getting the way to watch debates. Yeah, that's that's how you got to do it. Is is it's not for policy. It's just it's watching a, them. They're title fights. Is yeah, what they are. Yeah. They're fucking boxing wrestling pay per views. I don't know why I choose boxing. I'm not ashamed <laughs> of liking wrestling. I watch wrestling all the time. But yeah, well, I mean, no one's like articulating policy mm-hmm. in these debates. It's just watching people like have their sanity <laughs> tested. I think that's the, what's fun. The thing though is like. I believe in that, yes, but I also believe why I'm watching the debates so closely is because I watched every single one of the Trump versus Hillary ones, and I was convinced. I was like, <gasps> Hillary dunked on him every single time, like totally stomped him, I thought. And meanwhile, my dumbass dad, I'll yeah. say it, he's not going to listen to that. But like, <laughs> Ken dumbass, Bone, yeah, your father, Ken Bone. My dad fucking Trump. is Ken Bone, <laughs> where he fucking did. Like, so, uh, like, my dad would be like, oh, no, Trump got her there. And be like, what are you talking about? Like, he just told, like, I don't know. You got to, it's got to be someone who's not only smarter than him because that's everyone already is. It's got to be someone who can put up with the debate, like, rhetoric when it gets, like, crazy like that. Yeah. I don't know, because that's what's going to convince people. Well, like, Bernie's like, got that, that like, fiery grumpy grandpa energy that people yeah. love like, and that's what i love about him is that i think he's one that that could stand up to trump's like belittle like trying to belittle you on a national platform because that's what he's gonna do because everyone's watching well I'm but not he's worried not gonna about, be like, like smug he's not gonna do the hillary thing where it's just like i'm smarter than you therefore i don't have to like engage with the points you're making like bernie mm-hmm. understands that like people are unhappy with the status quo and they want to change yeah whoever you know? it is it's gonna be it's, it's gonna and he'll be, be angry too but for the right reasons it's gonna be very factual based I I think like very this is the plan this is the plan this is what we can do Um, because I don't think I I think like honestly I think Trump would beat anyone when it comes to bullshit rhetoric like because he just lies he changes the rules he's not playing by the same set of rules and like that gets me back just essentially where the the Dem debates are a good place to watch who can put up with when the Dem debates get to be the wrestling match that they want them to be well yeah and then you get like gems from bernie talking about how he wrote the damn bill like mm-hmm. you think he he's gonna he's gonna say mild swear words on air Hell he's yeah. gonna get pissed about the ways that you know society is not serving you like i don't see how anyone would do as well as bernie in a debate against trump like uh, you know he taps into you have to engage people emotionally the way trump does you can't just fight this like smug intellectual battle because mm-hmm. like no one cares yeah, you can't play the battle you can't call the other base stupid I think that was a big major, the basket of deplorables, because yeah, they fucking care. ran with it. Like, yeah. Where they were like, yeah, we're stupid. Yeah. But, <laughs> we love being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what they'll do. But yeah. like, you can't be like, here's like, here's the plan to fix everything. Like, this is it. Like, you, this would benefit you. They can't be like, no, wouldn't that's stupid. It'd be like, no, it, it really would. Yeah. Well, it has I to be know. like, I understand that you're pissed off. And I'm pissed off for you. Mm-hmm. Here's a better way to fix that than what you're being offered right now. Yeah. That's the, I don't know. I mean, not that I'm like an expert in any of this, but just to me, I feel like. Right. No, again, as we always say, we're not experts in yeah. political theater. We're not, or we shouldn't even be doing this podcast. No. <laughs> it's, just a, it's a chance to talk. Like, it's a chance yeah, to talk about shit. This is completely that, like, an ego thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's just fun. And it's like, I don't know. I sat around all day being like, I'm going to fucking just go off tonight on yeah. some dumb shit. And it was like, it's good. Uh, it's very cathartic. I think another topic I, I, I would love to bring up, like, um, just while we're on the topic of debating Trump and like where we're going. I think another interesting point would be debating Mike Pence. Like, I, don't, I have no he's idea. He's so boring. Like, yeah, and he's so I just can't easily offended. Him. Like, 
don't know. Just literally just show him his own tweet with the horse where he's like, there's nothing better for the inside of a man than the outside of a horse. Just it's hold like, that up. Yeah, it's like, you what? got him. It's like, you're a This freak. guy fucks horses. You call your wife mother. You're like, that's <laughs> fucking weird. He's owned. Yeah, it's, I don't know. He's from Indiana. I feel like even for Mayor Pete, it should be an automatic disqualifier yeah. if you're from Indiana. It's like, fuck you. Like, your state is so backwards. Oh my god! Wait. Okay, we'll get to the we'll get to the topic du jour. I'm not using that phrase correctly, but I just wanted to say it yeah. soon. But I wanted to bring up something something else topical. We're gonna start. I think we're gonna start doing like a topical section and then like a section where we talk about the the thing we researched. Yeah. Um. Something topical that I just thought was very funny that came out. Um. The outline had an article come out a couple days ago. Um, where somebody found out that both Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg, both of their fathers were Marxists. Ooh. And I thought that was very funny. Um, Kamala Harris's dad was a Marxist professor of economics and a very renowned one yeah. <laughs> for like a long ass time who, uh, and there's some tea there. Apparently you remember, you guys all, I'm sure you remember that like cringe, cringy moment where like, Somebody in some interview asked Kamala if she'd ever, like, smoked weed. And she was like, yeah, my family's Jamaican. Like, what do you think? And her, I did not know this, but her father, like, a couple days later released a statement that was like, you know, this is actually, like, really disrespectful to myself and, like, my grandparents. And, you know, this is an offensive stereotype of our culture. And, you know, it just hurts to watch someone like weaponize identity politics and like misuse it in that way. And I was like, holy shit. Yikes. uh, And but he nailed it. That's her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was cynically using identity politics to make herself look cool. And in the meantime, doing the mortal sin of identity politics, which is stereotypes. Yeah. Jeez. She fucked it up. And then and then Mayor Pete has some yeah. background too. Pete, uh, Mayor Pete's dad was a scholar of Gramsci. Like he translated Gramsci's works. Wow. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, he was like an Italian um, socialist who's like imprisoned by Mussolini and wrote like a lot of great work on how um, kind of how society manipulates us into like voluntarily participating in capitalism Mm -hmm. or like how it kind of convinces us that that's like the common sense way of doing things um kind of from a more like social perspective yeah um and he wrote like a shit ton about this in prison and that work um Pete Buttigieg's dad worked on translating that like worked on a translation of it you gotta wonder if that's rubbed off on them I don't know if it has well it's just funny to me because I feel like the only when I'm trying to give a really committed, like, centrist liberal the benefit of the doubt, because I am friends with some people who are, like, kind of committed to that, that, I don't know, that aesthetic, um, I usually try to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they just haven't been exposed to anything outside of the bubble. And to them, it's, like, either conservatism or liberalism, and liberalism is the good one. Mm-hmm. So they get really into, like, like that's standing for that. Yeah. So... That is usually what I assume. And I mean, if you're a career politician, like you should know more. Um, and this is actually kind of ties into what we'll be talking about today. But you yeah. should know more than just the little very small bubble of American politics. Um, but I guess like that's just the good faith way to engage is to be like, well, maybe they just don't know. 
what else is out there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, they knew what else was out there. They knew. Like, there's for sure a and background in it. And they decided to be centrist capitalists. Yeah. So, so yikes. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think Mayor Pete's getting anywhere close to the... Well, well he the had White a great House. fundraising quarter too. Although, like most of his money came from like a couple of like billionaires. Really? Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's going to be a, a. I think I said this last week of like everyone seems like they'd be a good cabinet member at this point. Now that we've got some idiots out, like I mean, he's got the aesthetic of politics, but I don't know what he has to offer really. Yeah, I like his ideas i know that's so fucking (laughs) empty i know that's so fucking empty i like that but he agrees with the people that i agree with a lot i feel like whenever bernie's talking that's when i'm like that's the policies i like yeah mayor pete always says like as you know senator sanders said i was like mayor pete's uh, he i think mayor pete really likes mayor pete should drop out yeah and fucking endorse bernie but (laughs) he's never going to yeah it's he's not going to but i mean he that guy loves taking money from like corporations and millionaires like he's a sellout he's he's a centrist he's gonna love being a a potential vp pick for anyone i I think yeah i mean good fucking luck dude i mean biden's not gonna pick you biden's picking uh castro in my head (laughs) That's going to happen. It's going to be a buddy cop film again, just like Biden and Obama was. Oh, my God. I I hope I'm like now I'm like thinking we talked a little bit about like who Bernie should pick as a VP. I just I'm going to get canceled, but I just hope it's not Warren. (laughs) I really just that's the super ticket. I mean, I don't hope it's that, but I'd be fine with it. She genuinely does good work in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And I think. That's a great place for her to stay. I think so. Like that's the thing is anyone I would I would believe that they would be a good senator. Who was it? Hickenlooper? Did Hickenlooper <laughs> drop to go be a senator? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, he did. Hickenlooper. It's like that's out. a smart move. Yeah. Like that does make sense, man. Like you you have a much better shot of winning that, and I think you know that. And like you're gonna be able to work with whatever the fucking guy who like takes over, hopefully. But like if yeah. you want to be Something like know your track record. God, like, I, that, drop out, Beto. That's about, I was about to say. Out. I was about to say is like uh, Beto's out here bringing skateboards on stage now. I mean, <laughs> I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love him. Like, I love everything about it. It's he energized a lot of people in Texas, and like, it's it's why people are talking of like Texas could be a purple state. Yeah. It's like because it could. Yeah. Because like because. Uh, of of Beto and man he just does cool shit but he doesn't stand a chance to be president uh, like at all i mean he's like he does he does arguably ostensibly cool stuff but like his he was in a, a hardcore band. he was in a hardcore band okay hardcore's punk <laughs> i mean i was in a band and i'm a loser so like i've put out things on soundcloud before <laughs> And you're only making my case for me. Look at me now. <laughs> Living the dream. I mean, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> do we want to get into our topic? Just one last thought. It's okay. like, what if like Biden's like an old grizzled police captain and like Castro's like the young loudmouth rookie where like he's like, I'd like <laughs> you to go uh, meet with the Canadian prime minister. And like Castro's like, fuck you, old man. Blah, 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 blah. But then he does it anyway. <laughs> Is that how buddy cop? It's like work. it's like a Brooklyn Nine Nine spin on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> me, I'm a writer's brain. Me, I perform here at the I Oak Theater. Except I don't get a performer discount anymore. You hear that? What did they? Wow! Now that is it's gone. 
that is no capitalist. No student discount. Oh, what is that why I got charged fuck? extra for my PBR today? Yeah. I shouldn't get a discount here, but I do. Well, I know. It's like, yeah, it's big crackdown. Big crackdown. Fuck. It's gone. Well, at Unionize least. the Herald Union. <laughs> I tweeted this as a joke, but honestly, unionize your Herald I keep, I keep making the joke, too. I, uh, I, I always put it in the group me whenever shitty things that happen at IO come out. I always put unionize Herald teams. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the least popular idea. It's just not worth the effort. <laughs> I think about this all the time. Like. The There's staff here really should unionize, but if they did, it would put this place out of business immediately. Right. Like, there's easier ways to get cut to get fired. Like, you know, like, just even mentioning the idea. I was like, on the drive over, I was like, I really want to say something about the, the discount going away. But I was like, why would I? Like, I'm scared for my spot. That's how they get you. They lord social status over you, get you to play like little puppets. Yeah. Now that I no longer do comedy, I see this for what it really is. And now that I'm getting there, <laughs> well, now that I You're don't becoming a sellout. Yeah. Now that I'm selling out. Just kidding. I love what I do, <laughs> and that's sincere. It may not have sounded sincere because I was trying to fix something on the box, but I love what I do. I'm excited to have a run here. Thank you for all you've given me, IO Theater. <laughs> Whew, saved my ass. All right. Thank God. Uh, well, let's get into today's research topic, which we decided to research the political compass. Yes, which is, I mean, honestly, more of like a meme than anything else at, at this point. But based on my research, it is a huge meme. Yeah, it, it basically. But it is also kind of a basic and easy way to contextualize a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. And kind of, you know, because like I said, we're kind of assuming not in a condescending way. We're just trying to make this content accessible to even the, you know, babiest of leftists or the most tentative of liberals. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even though it is kind of a dumb meme, it is also kind of a good way to very give you a very basic context for the different political theories that we'll probably be talking about and also kind of help clarify some of the basic terminology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so political theory. Essentially, if you've ever taken like a like some sort of political quiz you might have been placed on this political compass um but to uh kind of explain it for people is it's kind of a it's a graph so there's two axes an x-axis and a y-axis and you got at the top uh, of course on the right you have right leaning and at the top of that on the top of the y axis is this making any sense <laughs> let's let's start by let's take one axis at a time let's take one at a time and explain what it is the like, x axis the x axis if you remember from how calculus pre calculus i don't know honestly it probably should have been earlier whatever algebra um, maybe <laughs> algebra maybe i don't know it's been a while since i've done math i know um that is the horizontal axis going left to right. And yeah, it's um, that is, that axis represents your economic stance. So left, all the way left being like a fully cooperative economy, straight up full on socialism. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. Exactly. Um, and then on the very, very right is, you know, 100% free market ruled, um, you know, capitalist like... Yeah, I mean, just everything gets determined by the market, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the further right you go, the more control markets have. The further left you go, the more cooperative the economy is. Mm. And then on your y-axis, what is this one? So this one is for 
government? This is um, libertarian versus authoritarian, mm-hmm. which, you know, we'll clarify what those words mean um, a little bit more. Um, but basically, um, the lower you go on the y-axis, kind of the less you think government should be involved in people's lives or like the smaller you think the government should be the higher up you go the more control you think that people like the government should have or the state you know Mm -hmm. the larger the state's realm of power should be the more control they should have um over the people in the country that you know the state belongs to basically yeah so i guess popular examples of then of so everyone's placed along some sort of coordinate on there right yeah basically i mean we've been trying to kind of like come up with sources to talk about each of these topics and then like you know do our research but it's just like every time you i was trying to find sources that would be like a very honest and like impartial comparison of like you know the authoritarian left versus the libertarian left and like stuff like that and it's just impossible to find sources that aren't just like people arguing for why their quadrant is good and Mm -hmm. the other is bad unless you find a rap song (laughs) no please don't play the rap song yeah we should we should play a little bit no no it's pretty good wait One guy doing the whole thing. This part is all about he goes way what? into pedophilia for, <laughs> for uh, the libertarian right. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. So he goes full on into it, and then so he's got anarchist left uh, after that, which is a guy in a hoodie with a baseball bat, and then he's got totalitarian left, which is a stereotypical Soviet Russia guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, I guess that's, like, kind of a breakdown. Well, I was thinking, like, yeah, because I can't find any, like, I really could not find any good sources that I felt comfortable, like, quoting. I thought, like, well, I mean, I've read Lenin. I've read Kropotkin. I was raised by fascist-adjacent Republicans. (laughs) And I spend a lot of time on Reddit, so I know libertarians. So I feel like I have a solid enough grasp on, like, the general ideology of each quadrant that, like, I can can kind of free, free will it here. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, basically if you, if you're looking at the graph, you know, it basically, the two axes divided into four squares, right? You've got like a top left, a top right, a bottom left, a bottom right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we call that, we call them, you know, the top two are authoritarian and then you've got right and left. So you've got authoritarian, right. You've got authoritarian left. And then the bottom two are called libertarian. So you've got libertarian, right. And then libertarian left. Um, when we use the word libertarian, like colloquially, we're usually talking about libertarian right. So like Ayn Rand, like early Koch brothers, Gary like, Johnson. Yeah. Those are all <laughs> libertarian right. Like they are capitalists. Um, they're capitalists who believe in like a limited amount of government control or interference. Um, the libertarian left is... I mean, they're socialists who believe in small government. So, like, your Chomsky's, your Camus, um, the very extreme Kropotkin, who is kind of like a big anarchist, um, like, anarchist-communist philosopher. I don't know if he's a philosopher, but, you know, he wrote about anarcho-communism. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the the big guy in that sphere. Um, and then... So, yeah, you can be libertarian left. Like, you, not every libertarian is 
a capitalist, but when we say just libertarian, when we're throwing that around in conversation, we usually are talking about libertarian right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see someone, I've seen this happen a few times where someone like identifies themselves as libertarian left and people see the libertarian and they just think of the way we usually think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, of course, it's a libertarian. And I'm like, well, it's not It's not the same thing. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are people who kind of believe in like, um, like local... Um, agreements are kind of against like tiered organizing um the left lib vision for society is actually like i think like kind of idyllic and like very appealing um i am personally not a left libertarian i'm more of an authoritarian leftist Mm. um because i don't think that that model is particularly practical um but I don't know. Leftists will fight all day. Like the authoritarian leftists <laughs> and the libertarian leftists will. Oh, go they out fight each all other. the time in the rap video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they look up from their like Brady Bunch like box no. and they like talk and they're like, "Hey, what's wrong with you?" Like. Yeah, and it it genuinely breaks my heart because to me, and I mean, the reason we're doing this podcast is to move you left. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to tell you you should go up left or down left. Like I don't really. It's not my business where you land. I'm not really concerned about that. And like I said, I think like anarchists. When we say there are anarcho-capitalists, um, not that many of them, um, when we say anarchist, it's kind of the left version of when we say libertarian. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can be an anarcho-capitalist or an anarcho-communist. You can be a libertarian leftist or a libertarian right. Um, but usually when we say anarchist, we're talking about the left. When we say libertarian, we're talking about the right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think the anarchists have, like, a genuinely, like, very appealing vision for what society could look like. And I get that. And I almost kind of want it myself. Um but it's just a matter of... It's a nice of, idea. Yeah. yeah like, uh, I just don't see how you can... You can't organize... If you're not... If you don't let anyone be in charge or if you don't divide things up, there's really no way to organize that many people mm-hmm. um, other than just like kind of loose local communities. And I'm, if, human beings are inherently you know, tribal based people. You know, There's a book called Tribe which argues that, that like, we still are kind of like that and like why living in big cities is bad because like you get desensitized to it because you're around so many people yeah and like all we crave is like our tribes our cliques or whatever um but yeah I, I believe in that of like human beings need to have some sort of person giving direction on things someone who and not even just that of like we need it like a daddy like uh, <laughs> but we need like somebody whose sole responsibility is to um like do that you know to like be in charge yeah. Um, or I just think like, yeah, not everyone has an interest in participating. Like yeah. a full on democracy where everything is decided, you know, locally and there are no state mandated laws. Everyone just kind of decides the rules of the community together and it varies from each community. Like that's going to one, make it very difficult to like, you know, move. you kind of have to it almost kind of confines you to your own community because mm-hmm. you're not going to know what the norms and the ex- expectations are in other communities. Yeah. And it makes it really difficult to collaborate with other communities. Um, and also, I just think it makes it really tough to organize. Like, every single person has to have a say in every decision. That's not really realistic. Yeah. Um, but that said, I really love this idea of nobody gets to tell anybody else what to do and we all cooperate and work together to build the world we want to live in. It's a really nice idea. And I would never like, I don't know, a lot of authoritarian leftists kind of like 
really aggressively shit on anarchists for being like naive and useless. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't, I think anarchists, I mean, I mean, if the Bolsheviks were anarchists, like there would never have been a Russian revolution. Like there's a point um, that they have, but also like, it's not that anarchists are like useless. Like we've seen a lot of, you know, anarchically organized Forces. Like influenced like, events, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like World War One was started by anarchists. Yeah, and and like Antifa is like generally. I mean, that's not really like an ideology. That's how they're represented in the video. Yeah, well, is with a guy in a hoodie with a baseball bat. I mean, but they're like by guy, that I is mean, a kind of same guy every single time, all four squares. <laughs> anyway, continue. When people do, when people do anti-fascist work, they usually organize under this like kind of anarchist model i guess of Mm -hmm. like you know collaborative work that is local um and nobody takes charge they're not organized you know antifa isn't like an organization it's you know people come together and say like oh you know the fascists are doing something in our neighborhood what can we do together to you know counter that Mm -hmm. Um, like a very loose organization yeah that's kind of like there are times when it is helpful i don't think anarchists are useless you would never catch me saying that Mm -hmm. um i mean because i don't think it um and also like i have personally been like super inspired by a lot of anarchists um in the way that I interact with people socially. Um, like, I don't know that it's necessarily an effective model for government. Yeah, how but, so? Like, explain more. But, like, that. this idea that there should be no hierarchy. Um, I've really taken, like, an anarchist approach to, like, my social life where, like, you know, people who have more, like, social capital than I do. I'm sure we'll talk about this in future episodes. But, like, mm-hmm. capitalism has infected our brains so much that it's not just, like... how we earn money and what we do with it it's like how we treat each other Mm -hmm. um and i've kind of tried to be as anarchist as possible with my personal relationships so i don't let people who maybe ostensibly have more social capital than me like i don't think of them as being above me in a hierarchy i don't allow myself to think that way i mean of course there's like an instinct to kind of like defer to people who are more like quote-unquote popular than you um But I really make an effort to, like, not acknowledge that. And I also, you know, and the reverse is true, too. When somebody who, like, maybe technically has less social capital than I do, I don't want to take that into account when I interact with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to keep my interactions with people 100% based on, like, do I like this person? Do they like me? Like, are they a good person that I trust? And I don't care what they have to offer me. I'm not taking that into account. I'm not thinking about what I have to offer them. Um, And I find that a much more satisfying way to live socially. So, I mean, obviously I've taken a lot from anarchist thought. Yeah, I like that approach. I feel like that's uh, way less stressful uh, when you have that kind of mindset of that everybody's on an even playing field. Because it it can be, like, especially as, you know, everyone's in different situations, different contexts of their lives and stuff. It can get very hard to not compare yourself to other people, uh, especially people you're hanging around. So... Yeah, I think we all could stand to learn a little bit more from that. Yeah, um, but, you know, that said, I identify as an authoritarian <laughs> leftist. I mean, nobody really calls Whoa, themselves an the authoritarian. Fuck? Like, <laughs> that, I don't know why you... It's just a term. I mean, a lot of people... Mm. 
a lot of people use the term authoritarian to kind of discredit um, leftists. And you'll see that. So we talked about how, you know, the Marxists and the Marxist-Leninists might be shitty to anarchists in that way. The reverse, you know, anarchists love to accuse like Marxists and Marxist-Leninists of being like power hungry or, um, yeah, of being like authoritarian in this like bad way that like, you know. It's a scary word. Yeah. Yeah. The state doesn't necessarily have to be bad a bad influence like the state can be a tool that is used to make sure that everyone is treated equally and fairly we can use laws to make sure that like everyone has an equal economic standing like you know that is and it's more effective Mm -hmm. generally that way to do it that way um but i think the kind of idea that a lot of libertarian leftists have is that like you know, power inherently is corruptive and anyone who finds themselves in this kind of place of power working in the state is going to inherently start looking after their own self-interest instead of the interests of the people. And so there is no safe way to have a strong state um, without it turning into oppression. And I mean, like Stalin kind of proved them right. Like, so there's a reason why people... think that way but you know but also yeah here's a hot take stalin bad guy (laughs) real bad guy yeah i mean i may be like a marxist but i'm not i'm I'm not a tanky yeah Um, (laughs) tanky is also that's a pejorative you'll see a lot um coming from anarchists basically used against like very authoritarian Mm -hmm. um leftists and i mean i don't know i'm like I'm comfortable with a certain level of authoritarianism, but like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fucking Stalinist. Like, I understand why some people have like a certain reaction to it, but also like, the, yeah, I guess my my thing is the state doesn't have to be inherently bad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, the other day, I think yesterday it was like the 70th anniversary of the Chinese Revolution. Um, Mao was like authoritarian um and he lifted millions of people out of poverty and increased the life expectancy in china like significantly um authoritarian tactics can be used for the good of all people like Mm -hmm. you know it's not necessarily going to be a bad thing but i understand the concerns that people would have yeah the whole absolute power Wait, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely with great power comes great corruption pizza time (laughs) uh yeah uh I don't. Know, I think that brings up the like kind of like where the political compass kind of falls short in that because it's very hard to put yourself on that grid somewhere with those ideas because there are so many complications to ideas. It's not that simple to boil yourself down. Yeah. I think that's where it, fa- it falls through for me because like I genuinely don't know where I would be on on the political compass only because like. I don't know if I've expressed enough ideas or like researched enough ideas to put myself anywhere in one specific spot and claim that's where I am. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like I read Lenin and I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then I read Kropotkin and I'm like, yeah, this is also good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like you're way more read than me on all of this stuff, too. So me specifically, it's just it's hard to pick you know, like where but you, I, mean, like, I, you I know where to. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I thing. said, at the end of the day, we want you left. Mm-hmm. Um, get there and then kind of do yeah. some reading, talk to people, figure out what. Start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Out... We don't want competitors. <laughs> Just kidding. 
that we do? I don't know. What's the, what should I say here? Um, well, since we do technically live under capitalism, we do not want any other podcast competing with us in the free market until socialism is achieved and every podcast gets its fair share inherently. Yeah. So once we achieve so socialism, once we achieve everyone can have a podcast. Socialism, yeah. Then you may start a podcast. Yeah. Then you're good. Cool. <laughs> That's, you know what? Put me there. <laughs> Put me um, on that, that side of the, the coin. But yeah, like, because I am sometimes like, I don't know, maybe I'm like right on the x-axis between authoritarian That's how and I'm feeling. It's like, is that bad if I am? Does that make me more centrist or I mean, no? The only people that doesn't... Do I just not stand for anything? Like No, like that's, I think it's a false equivalency, you know, and like you'll get... And, like, I'm the annoying left unity guy. Like, everyone hates that guy. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, to me, it's more important that we achieve economic socialism than I really... Than, I know we have to have a plan for after the revolution. But, like, to me, the more important part is, like, making sure people have, you know, can live have mm-hmm. access to the resources they need and then how we get them to those people like that's kind of secondary to like making sure that this happens i would much rather ally with like an extreme anarchist than with a capitalist yeah um and i guess i would personally i mean i would call myself a marxist um like pretty pretty staunchly um i don't know that i would go so far as to call myself a marxist leninist um but again like i comfortable with most of what Lenin says it seems fine to me um I love the Bolsheviks but yeah I feel like the only thing I can really state with confidence is like I am a Marxist and Marxist theory is kind of authoritarian to begin with but kind of the idea like once we transfer power from the ruling class to all of the people then we can kind of slowly phase out the amount of government uh, control there is once the people are more able to kind of like yeah, cooperate and take care of themselves. Yeah. yeah, you'll hear the phrase dictatorship of the bourgeoisie versus dictatorship of the proletariat. Um, that is a Marxist idea that like right now the ruling class, it, we basically live in an all like capitalism, authoritarian capitalism, which is what we live under, uh, kind of tends to become an oligarchy where the people with the most money and influence kind of get to dictate um, mm-hmm. policy, which is exactly what That's happens. That's what we're in. Yeah. Um, like we 100, America is not a democracy. Like this is an no. oligarchy. The people, people are paying the, poli- we elect politicians, but then people are paying them to decide what policies what they're think. going to yeah. enact. So like, it doesn't really matter that much who you vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, Bernie Sanders is literally the only candidate who has never taken Feel corporate burn, money. Baby. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically the Marxist idea is that the revolution initially has to enact a dictatorship of the proletariat mm-hmm. because obviously the capitalists aren't just going to be like, well, if everyone wants my money, I'll just give it to you. You know, <laughs> I guess, I guess if we if democratically decided, yeah, if everyone wants to change society, I guess I'm on board. Like it's <laughs> not going to happen. No. So it requires a dictatorship of the proletariat to kind of let the working class step in and say, here's what the fuck the rules are, redistribute everything, figure out how society is going to go. There needs to be some time for everyone to kind of end up on the same playing field, on the same level. Mm. And then once that is achieved, then the government can kind of be like, okay, you know, everyone is in mostly the same situation. Systems are running fine. People are cooperating. We don't really need to be as involved. We don't need to, like, you know, keep such a close eye on, you know, the former capitalists or, you know. Mm -hmm. 
uh, basically that's the idea that I think sounds realistic and reasonable to me. Um, although we've never allowed a socialist country to exist long enough to get to the phase where they get to move out of that. So like, yeah, you know, we don't really know what that looks like. And when people say like, no, real communism has never been tried. Like that's, re- I, that's really what they mean. Like mm-hmm. we, it's never gotten there. Yeah. Global capitalism has strangled every country, every small country that's tried socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, and every large country that's tried socialism, we send the CIA in. Like, you know, yeah. CIA is literally involved in the protests in Hong Kong. Like, that is... Undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah. So, like, wherever you side on those protests, um, you know, I won't tell you what to think. There's still, like, the U.S. government is involved because they want to destabilize a socialist country. Like, that's the shit that happens. Um, So, yeah, we don't really know what communism would look like once we really move past that stage Mm -hmm. um, and get to the place where everyone is already on equal footing and we don't really need to be enforcing it all the time, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a a positive message to, like, kind of put forward, like, why we are studying this, why we are talking about this, like, because there is still so much to be explored within the idea. Yeah, and that's why, like, like, leftism isn't just this, like, like, people act like everyone on the left is this, like, unified force with, like, a very specific idea that we're, like, forcing everybody to adopt. Like, there is a lot of diversity of thought over on the left, and it's not like you have to be a certain kind of leftist. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the Soviet aesthetic is scary to you, like, there's a lot of different other areas that you can, you know, that you can investigate. Yeah, there's so many different, again, and that's where... The like like a lot of the stuff we talk about, the political compass to kind of put a cap on the whole thing is a great place to start to like kind of figure out a little bit more about the different the diversity within the ideologies. And yeah, so, exactly because we think that it's we grow up thinking that it's like liberalism versus conservatism. Yeah. Those are both authoritarian right ideologies. the The only meaningful difference between them is like social. Um, social issues, which like that's not plotted on the on the political compass at all, which is like because it's it's very basic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're both doing the exact same thing, almost the exact same thing economically, and they both are kind of working under the same level of government control. The only meaningful difference is that, like, you know, liberals are generally in favor of gay marriage and abortion rights. Mm-hmm. And I mean, important things, but other than that the difference between liberals and conservatives is negligible they're almost right next to each other yeah when it comes to uh, i I guess the two ideas discussed on the compass yeah yeah i mean it's they're both authoritarian right ideologies is Mm -hmm. basically what it comes down to even bernie sanders like he's right on that y-axis but like he's technically running as a capitalist the policies that he plans to you know because again, as we've discussed, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like, like, and this is the time to start, as we talked about last week. Yeah. So it's just this idea that like, there's so much more out there than this little bubble that you have been conditioned to think is possible. Like, and there are plenty of like thinkers and even you know governments enacting very different mm-hmm. um, policies and governments, and there's a lot to look out 
for. Um, there's a lot that you can research. It, it just it doesn't have to be this. I promise <laughs> you, it doesn't have to be this. There's something else out there. Like we were talking earlier, like it doesn't have to be liberal liberalism versus conservative. There's conservatism. Like there's better stuff out there than yeah. just liberalism. It's not yeah. as bad as conservatism. Conservatism, but it's not that different. Like it's only a tiny bit better. You could go, you could be all the way over here. <laughs> you can, and we're going to help you get there. <laughs> Eventually. You keep looking at the, at the computer. Are we out of time? We're a little bit. Are out you of getting time? stressed? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. why I'm pulling my st- hair. I'm going to stop talking. No, it's just, we're at a good ending point, I think to, okay. to pick up <laughs> next week. Uh, so we will be back next week uh, with more. We haven't picked a topic yet, but, yeah, it's gonna be a good um, one. now that we're going to be releasing these episodes, um, hit us up. I'm sure I'll make a Twitter for the show. Yeah. And, um, you can tell us if there's something that you're really dying to learn more about. I know like I've been having conversations with friends who are like new to leftism that have been inspiring me for things we can research. Yeah. But yeah, if there's anything you want to know about that you don't fucking feel like researching, let us know. We we'll will do talk it. about it. And if you want to come on the show, let us know, don't. too. Oh, wait, are we having people on the show? Do we? If you're an expert in something, let us come know on we'll, the show. Yeah, and we'll, because we're not. And we'll we consider it. We'll consider um, it. If you're not an expert, don't fucking talk to yeah. me. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.